to our new football pod, Guns and Devils, where we're going to be talking mostly Manchester United, hence the Devils, and Arsenal, hence the Guns, but also we'll be talking about other football clubs, all the important stuff, and maybe a little bit of uh, Fantasy Premier League as well. And with me today is the only Arsenal fan I know, thank God, it's Mr. Liam Hall. <laughs> Hello, Liam. Hi, Carl. Um, um, it's, it's good to see you again. I thought we were just having like, you know, a nice, friendly chat, but I suppose you only want to talk to kind of get some kind of content out of me. So, um, you know, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a shame, especially as I was just talking to you about, you know, something very serious and deep to my heart. But you know what? I'm happy to be here. My boys, my boys, my boys. Ah, it's, been, it's been too long. Like, Carl, I haven't heard your beautiful voice in what feels like forever. No, no, and I know you miss my sultry tones. Mm-hmm. So, so here I am, and yeah, uh, you're on the Rogue Opinions payroll, uh, even though you know I only pay your peanuts. So I thought you might as well get some more content out of you. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I used to be paid in, in a different kind of salty thing. So, um, peanuts is actually, I think, a bit of a step up. Um, but um, yeah, so. I think we probably will probably be back with Reese at some point. I mean, obviously he's he's a bit busy these days with Twitch and his job and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, um, and you know he's under the thumb now as well. So. Oh yeah, yeah. See, so he he's not a bachelor like me and Mr. Pierce. So. Exactly. Um, poor guy. But um, no, I'm I'm happy to be here. I I, I think it, it, it feels I feel it's quite nice talking about just our two. Clubs. Cause I, I, I've, I've always yeah. kind of... I mean, we don't want to have to talk about any championship rubbish, do we? Let's, no. let's be honest. Oh, I mean, things like it's, it's rather ironically. I mean, West Brom been been doing pretty well recently. I mean, well, I think the last game they didn't do particularly well, but they're on a bit of an upward momentum. So I think at some point, I think they might even be back into Prem soon. Which would be yeah, I mean, they're the perennial yo-yo team, aren't they? So. Um... Them and Fulham are looking quite good for promotion at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So there would be some all elite, all elite teams coming up. So I'm not I, sure. I, knew, I knew you'd have to make a, <laughs> a AW to. reference there. But yeah, well, you yeah. Know, we, we, don't, we don't have a resident AW Mark and Reese here, so um, someone had to <laughs> someone had to fill in. But he, he's a big fan of Cody now, you know. He's a, he's a huge Cody fan. Oh yeah. Who isn't? Who isn't? Who isn't, exactly. But, um, yeah, so I guess we should kind of get into it. It's been a crazy, it's been a crazy few weeks, actually, hasn't it? Yeah, especially uh, Manchester United, in which, off air, we decided there was no better place to start because that's um, where all the action has been happening, really, uh, on and off the pitch. Last week, um, Manchester United got humbled was it 5-1 by Watford yeah Jesus was, it was 5 wasn't it I think it was 5 I thought it was 4 but or 4 no no yeah no I think I think it was 4 was I couldn't four? remember if it was 4 or 5 we'll go with 4 yeah maybe make it sound a little bit better at least yeah yeah and um, which led to um, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer being relieved of his duties as Manchester United manager. Yeah, I'm, I've just double checked as I was rambling on there, and it was four-one. Okay. So uh, yeah, um, right decision for you, Liam, as an outsider looking in. Yeah, I think it was. I I, I do feel 
I mean, I mean, it, it sounds. I always find weird being kind of nice about Man United because it is. I mean, it's kind of it's, it's sad, kind of how far we're both fallen that we both kind of pity each other. <laughs> hmm. um, but well, we're yeah. still rivals nowadays. It's just we're rivals for mid-table fodder. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of like it's like Tully Anderson and like like Flair fighting in the like seventies. It's just, it's just it's just a bit sad now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought he actually did pretty well last season. I mean, he, you know, he got you back into the top four. Um, he, I mean, I think he has left you in a better place than when he found you. But um, I'm sure, as we're going to talk about, I think there's been some missteps over the summer um, and in general. And yeah, so I think probably was the right decision. What, what, what about you? Um, I'd say right decision and also wrong decision because I think he should, probably should have gone after the Liverpool game, in all honesty. Um, but yeah, after. <laughs> I, I understand that the board were hoping he could turn it round, and they gave gave him the international break to get his shit together, so to speak. Um, and you know, he said all the right things. You know, we're like we'll come out roaring like lions, and they were just like a bunch of tabby cats on the pitch, weren't they? Mm. It, it was just embarrassing, and yeah, um, there was just no no way back and no alternative after the losing. Um, so disastrously to Watford, and uh, you know, don't want to disrespect Watford too much. They have been playing quite well lately. Um, they got a big win, five-two of Everton, mm. but but still, you know, if, if that was a get, you know, if you were looking at the fixtures we have coming up, um, after some bad results, and you look at games where you can turn it around and get a win, that that would be the game really, because it's. Chelsea um, tomorrow, mm. as we record this on Saturday. So um, yeah, that's not looking too promising. But what do you think? Uh, you told me when we heard that um, they were bringing in an interim manager and they settled on um, Ralph. What was his surname Look, again? You're gonna have to help me out. I think it's Raglick. I think I think it's how you say it. Ralph Ragnick. Ragnick, yeah, yeah. I, I always want to say Ralph Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my mind goes to as well. Um, but yeah, um, he's Isn't certainly he... very well respected in Germany and the world of football. Great football in mind. He does like the high press, which could be a problem, but I'm sure he can adapt to other ways of playing if if needs must. Yeah, that's the that's the interesting thing that kind of because I, I I knew the name and I knew he was kind of I mean he's he's been a huge influence on um the, um Tuchel and and a little bit on Klopp as well so he's kind mm. of one of those he's kind of a bit of like a Marcel Bielsa figure you know in terms of that kind of school of thought um but it's a it's a bit of a strange choice because I mean pressing has really been kind of when you haven't pressed it's kind of been better for you. Um, I, I think last season at points you had good moments when you're pressing when Cavani was up top and stuff. But I mean, I mean, Oli's press was very, very disorganised. Um, so at least I think Ralph should kind of, you know, make it a little bit more, you know, congruent, so to speak. I don't know. What, 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 what are you thinking about it? That's again, I think, you know, as a if he's as good as football minus people are saying, I'm, I'm sure he can adapt to the squad and play in a way that will suit the squad if um, the press doesn't 
doesn't appear to be possible. But as you say, he'll be a lot more organised. I think I, I personally think defence was the sort of main problem. Uh, players didn't seem to know who they were supposed mm. to be marking. Didn't seem to know what position they should be in. You could see players getting in each other's way quite a lot and not really being where you think they should be. I think that has to come down. That, that's themselves as well, but I think it has to come down a bit to the coaching. I, I don't think well, he's been very good at organising the defence this season, and it shows with one of the worst worst defences in the Premier League. So hopefully um, that can be sorted out. I mean, because we saw for England, I mean, when we got to the finals in the Euros, how solid and good um Maguire and Shaw looked in that England team. Yeah, so so they, they've obviously they've obviously got it in them. They they can't be as bad as they're looking for Man United. So I think so I think a lot of it's got to come down to the coaching. And you know, maybe sometimes you do need to drop players now and again if they're out of form, even if it's just for a rest. I, I do think part of the problem was Harry Maguire and Varane got injured at a similar time and perhaps Maguire needed a bit more time to recuperate and find some form but he was rushed yeah. and maybe it's, early, didn't he? yeah and then maybe as captain he feels that sort of pressure that he needs to be there for the for the boys so to speak I don't know but I don't think that helped matters personally yeah, I mean, it, cause it, this feels like a very similar situation for when kind of Klopp first came to Liverpool. You know, he had, um, I think he had Kolo Torre and I think it was maybe Mohamedou Sako at the back, um, which, you know, is, I think mm. that, it doesn't really inspire confidence the way, same way Gomez and Van Dijk and Matip do. Um, and, you know, it was kind of a similar thing, like, you know, they, Liverpool weren't particularly a pressing team before that. Um so I think it could be interesting. I mean, I guess the idea with pressing is that you'd hope it'll kind of take a bit more off the defence if the rest of the team is kind of, you know, defending from the front, um, which I think could kind of, I think that could be good for you. But um, I think it's going to t- depend on a lot of on getting the teams working. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much you've been keeping up with Champions League or other leagues, but I mean, PSG under Pochettino have kind of been struggling a little bit. Um, so I think I, I don't know. It, 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 I mean, I, I assume you're going to try and get Pochettino in in, in the summer. Yeah, I mean, it does. It does look like that way. Or Ten Hags, the other, mm. uh, if I pronounce that name right, is the other name that's been mentioned, the Ajax manager. Yeah. So unless um, Ralph um, Ragnarok, as I'm going to call him from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it felt like Ragnarok at United when uh, we lost yeah. to Watford for one. Um, I think if he do, if he does a really good job and impresses, and maybe maybe they'll extend his contract as manager because apparently he's going to stay on as a consulting role after the six months are done anyway. But he might fancy mm. he might fancy he might enjoy it and fancy. Um, trying to coach Man United a bit longer, but we'll have to see, we'll have to see. But I don't want any snap decisions like they did with Ali when when we beat PSG that time. Because as soon as, you see it a lot in football though, don't you? And then a manager comes in, a caretaker manager or an interim manager, mm. they have a run of really good results. And then it seems as soon as they sign that two or three year contract, it all goes 
tits up, doesn't it? It's quite surprising how often that that seems to happen, whether it's just all of a sudden the honeymoon period Mm. has ended and it's just a coincidence it's timed when they've signed a contract. I don't know, but it's it's very telling how how that seems to happen more often than not. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it happened with us as well. I mean, kind of after the FA Cup in our honeymoon period, we, you know, we went on a really, really bad run, and we even had one earlier this season for three games. Like, it, it can definitely, it can definitely happen. Um, but I, I think something that kind of gives me a bit more confidence in Ragnarok and this appointment is like, I think he's a very good person in terms of growing youth in and and knowing talent as well. I mean, he's um, he's one of the people who spotted um, Upamecano, the Bayern Munich centre back. He found he found Sadio Mane from Mets. Mm. Um, he, he clearly knows talent. Um, so hopefully you'd you'd like to think that he can kind of find a spot for you know people like Sancho and Rashford. Um, I mean, Rashford has a bit more of a place than Sancho does. Um, but you'd like to think you'd kind of get a bit of a team together. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe being dropped has done Sancho a bit of good because the uh, the last two games he has made a bit of an impact when he when mm. he's come on. He he did supply the cross that led to Ronaldo's assist for Donny van der Beek's goal against Watford, and he did score quite a good goal against Valencia. And there was already sort of improvements in that Valencia game. I've um, yeah, I, I thought. I don't think. I do. I do think though, unless it was the way we we were playing set up. But I do think um, Valencia were quite poor from what I've seen of them previously. But I've certainly thought defensively they were a lot. We were a lot more stable and organised. Uh, and it was a bit, um, bit of hour, wasn't it? It's a bit of hour. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was thinking of his, the old team. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Emery managed Villarreal. Do apologise. Um, Sorry, I, I, I interrupted you there. But yeah, yeah, no, but you needed to. You needed to. I was just thinking it's taken me like 15 minutes to make my first cock up. But but there you go. <laughs> hey, you, you, you're doing well. You you you're a bit like Sancho. You're kind of finding your feet now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, um, uh, an impressive. Uh, you know. It wasn't because uh, I was trying to find the right words. It wasn't sort of a spellbinding. It wasn't played by Man United, but it was what it. I think after what had happened um, at the weekend and the, you know, only been sat in Carrick coming in, I think it was the sort of performance we needed. Just a sort of stable, no frills performance. We got the win we needed. We qualified for the last 16 of the Champions League. So at least there's that. And how often have we seen, I'm not saying we can't, I'm not saying we will win it, but how often have you seen with the likes of Chelsea a couple of times now have been struggling in the Premier League, sat the manager, brought someone else in mm. and they've managed to win the, they managed to win the Champions League, haven't they? Uh, Di Matteo did it and Tuchel um, has done it and even got to the final when um, Avram Grant came in as interim manager that time didn't they mm. so you know I know it might be a slightly different situation but then again how poor did Chelsea look under Lampard and he couldn't seem to get the defence sorted I mean that defence was leaking goals all over the place and yet the same players under a manager that could organise them, like Tuchel, um, they've been really solid, haven't they? They, yeah. they rarely can see goals now. So hopefully Ralph 
reckon it can have the same sort of effect on our players and defence and get things a bit more organised and tighter at the back. And I do think perhaps, it, as much as I like him, maybe it's time to move McTomery half on. I think he's a good player. Maybe, well, maybe, not, <laughs> maybe not Man United level. And, you know, I think they should go all out for a Declan Rice and or someone of that elk. Yeah, I know it'll be. I know it'll be a lot of money, but if you know if the owners and the club are serious about getting, you know, competing for trophies, that they're going to have to break the bank and get, you know, the players they need. Yeah, or even like, I mean, like even like a young player from someone we didn't really know. I mean, like, yeah, maybe you know, because he's as we're talking about Ralph Ragnick, maybe he's got his eyes on somebody at a club that hasn't previously been identified that'd be a lot cheaper than bringing in someone like a Declan Rice, he'll be just as good. You just don't know. I mean, Fenger was really good at that when he first took over Arsenal, mm. wasn't he? He identified all these targets that weren't really on anyone's radar. I mean, Thierry Henry certainly wasn't. He was having a terrible time at Juventus, but he, Wenger knew his quality, brought it, took a chance on him, brought him in, played him properly. And, you know, he was one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think something I think we'll kind of come on to, and I think um, I think a, a good thing for United. I think that, like similar to Arsenal, they're kind of moving on to something that's a bit more system based. You know, I mean, we we saw it with Chelsea. You know, Frank Lampard's his team it didn't really have an identity, and they move on to Tuchel, who you know you can look at Tuchel and you know that that team knows exactly what they're doing. They know the system they're playing. They know. You, you you kind of know what they're going to do, and so does the mm. team. Um, and although I, although I still have reservations about Arteta as a manager, at least he's kind of given the team a little bit of a system to work w- within, and there have been some improvements in some areas. Um, so hopefully, with a bit more of a system from Radcliffe, who knows what he wants compared to Wale, um, you, yeah. you, you, you could do really <clears> good things, to be honest. And as you were saying before, Tuchel is someone who sort of was almost under Ratnick's learning tree. And if he could have a and if Ratnick could have a similar um effect on our defence as two Celted on Chelsea, so mm. I'll be more than happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, as a as a two, I mean Varane and Maguire on paper, that is that's a pretty good two. Yeah, we on, just on day. we just haven't had them very often on the same team. And maybe a bit of coaching um can help Van Bisker as well because he he is good but he does have a habit of switching off and making silly making silly errors so maybe mm. maybe he can help get the best of him because I still wouldn't be opposed to getting uh, Kieran Trippier in if if they could. Yeah, it's weird because I mean I, I don't know if you remember this, but I was really kind of flabbergasted that Wan Bissaka wasn't called up for the Euros. I, I thought he was. I, I thought he was in terms of defending the best defender Eng- England had. I mean, I look a bit foolish now, but I mean, he he is he is really really good. Yeah, I, I've, I was impressed with him last season, and for some reason. Southgate doesn't seem to like him, and doesn't. <laughs> he does lack a little bit going forward at times he just make the wrong decisions you know crossing and and whatnot but um you know you look at how good Trent is and I think he got injured though didn't he but but still it is yeah. hard to it's still hard to look past him and um Trippier to be honest 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say, I mean, I, I think I'll kind of transition to, into Arsenal from this point because I think we're kind of going in a very different direction to you um, in terms of our signings. Um, I quite like, even if he isn't great at attacking or like, you know, he he, he is still young and I think he still can kind of learn. But, um, and I mean, both of us were kind of watching the Arsenal game today. And I think one of the players I really enjoyed watching today was Nuno Tavares. And in terms of his stats, he's, he was actually pretty awful in some ways. But um, when you watch him in terms of the eye test, he looks like a really good player. Um, he's but, keeping he's keeping tyranny out of the side, isn't he? Because tyranny's he's back from injury now, mm. and he can't get into the back into the side at the moment, can he? Yeah, which is because like, I mean, if you listen to his stats, you know, three out of eight duels won, like in terms of tackles, you know, five shots off target. Like if, if, as a defender, that sounds that sounds pretty worrying. But when you when you see him in the game, you can kind of see he's kind of growing in confidence. He's kind of been everywhere. So I mean, sometimes with young players, you know they're going to make mistakes. I think we're kind of seeing that with Wan Bissaka as well. But we can kind of with the right coaching, I think they can kind of grow out of it. Yeah, because I I always look at Chris Smalling as an example, mm. um, because under um, Louis Van der Haal, he was immense, possibly our best defender. Yeah, as soon as he went, Smalling went back to normal and was all over the place again. So I don't know what worked or what Van Hal was doing right with Smalling, to, you know, to get the to get the best out of him. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely is some players work best for like particular systems. Mm. Um, I mean, it's very rare you find a player that can kind of work for nearly anyone. Um, I mean, like, only the, really the great players kind of do. But even then, like, you know, we, we, we kind of saw earlier this season, Harry Kane and Nuno, like, it just wasn't really working. I mean, I think Harry Kane also had some problems of his own. But, you know, sometimes the manager's style just doesn't work for you at all, even if you are a good player. Yeah, well, he wanted to, he wanted to go to City quite clearly, Harry Kane. Mm. And obviously, Levy wasn't going to... Let that happen. I can understand that, you know. I think you should. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then um, it was a bit of a farce for them. They're trying to get a manager when um, um, when Mourinho went, wasn't it? Um, They were looking. I mean, I think either Nuno turned them down or they turned Nuno down to begin with. Nuno was fifth choice, I think, in the end. Because the the uh, they did approach they did approach Conte in the first round, but mm. um, something talks broke talks seemed to break down that that time. There was another was it a Spanish or another Italian manager that was close, but uh, yeah, something to do with his wage or taxes put him off apparently. I think it was good too, so I think the fans mm, kind of yeah. Fans revolted, I think, because he was—he's quite outspoken on gay marriage, which I actually have to. No, I don't think it was him. I think there was someone else. I can't remember the name, but I know it was very close to happening. And then it just suddenly broke down out of nowhere, and then they went back to Nuno. Oh, I think it was—I think it was an ex-Roma manager. I think that's that the one. That's the one. I think it's. I just can't, can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember his name for the life of me. I do apologise, but I do—I just know it was a. It was on the verge of happening, and then it, mm. yeah, it broke down for some reason. I don't know if it's over transfer funds or or his salary. I'm not too sure. So yeah, they ended up going back to Nuno. He had a you know he had a 
positive enough start. I mean, they got a mm. win over City, but as we've have we've seen with City, the uh, Manchester City in the last couple of seasons, they do seem to start slowly, don't they? And they look like they won't even finish top four, and then <laughs> they. That's a bit old, Ray, but there you go. The banter, banter, meet it back catalogue, if you want to know what that's about. And, um, but then they'll just hit, hit through the gears and um, start playing really well again. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I think, um, yeah, it, it was very weird in Man City, but, you know, they, they got that win of Chelsea and, the, and I mean, in the Champions League, they just they literally just did very quite well. But I mean, to be fair, they also lost to PSG. I think before, I think maybe two or three weeks prior. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just seems weird how volatile like the Premier League has been this season. I mean, even these past few seasons, um, it's, it's very it's very very odd. Um, but, but they had an embarrassing defeat again in midweek, didn't they, uh, Spurs? So the, it's still not quite right then, uh, even now that they've got Conte in place. And do you think? Yeah. I mean, should Nuno have got more time? I mean, he only had like three or four months in charge. I mean, I I, I don't think they were making. I I, I don't think they were making much progress well I, it's weird because i mean he, it's almost he, like it's almost like he was a last resort appointment and they never really wanted him in the first place kind of deal isn't it that's yeah. how it's kind of looking it's weird though, because i mean i remember when they played against chelsea they actually played really really i mean they lost the game three nil but they actually played really really quite well um particularly in the first half um but i mean playing a harry kane in kind of like a left forward role um, mm. Like it, I mean, he, he. I think he's always kind of been a bit of like a, a reverse Wesley Schneider. Um, but yeah, I think kind of playing that deeper role just doesn't really suit him. And I think I think he needs. I think someone like Conte would be good for him, who gives him a bit more of a solid system and instructions to kind of work within. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I do feel a bit bad for Nuno. Um, because I, I don't think it's necessarily his. I, I think he tried his best, but I think it just wasn't. I think it just wasn't really a good fit. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they get the scrutiny uh, as Man United do uh, mm. for obvious reasons. But um, I, I do think troubles run far deeper than we realise at Spurs. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you 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 you, you kind of beat them pretty easily. Um, you know, and, and and you were in a really bad state at the time as well. Yeah, exactly. I think you have. If we'd have lost that, Ali probably would have gone there and then as well. I, I believe. I think. I think that three nil. I think that three nil gave him a stay of execution, didn't it? Really. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very true. Um, and yeah, it's it's very all right. So. Uh, I think I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. So I, I remember a few times I've kind of, me and Reese have kind of been not not critical, but a bit iffy on Ronaldo at Man United. Um, it, and it's very weird to see the kind of the comparison with Aubameyang. Because, I mean, Aubameyang, he hasn't exactly performed well, but I think he's kind of fit into the system a lot better than someone like Ronaldo, at least this season. Um, it's, it's very strange because, I mean, Ronaldo has been... I, I, he, I, in terms of him being himself, he's been fantastic. But I think he's the lowest pressing of any forward in, in the Premier League, um, which I, I don't know. I, I mean, you, you've watched the games more than I have. Do you think that's had a bit of a knock-on effect on Man United or is it has not really been a factor? <laughs> it, it's difficult to really say because he's 
played in most of the games. Um, and I haven't really seen them play much without him to really sort of compare if it's... If we I, can compare if the last uh, Yeah. Um, but I think the problems are all over the pitch, though, aren't they? As we were saying, I mean, he's, mm. the, def- the defence is better and we played more counter... Ali seems to be more comfortable playing more counter-attacking football and he seems to try to go to this press for I don't know whatever reasons and I don't think it's just Ronaldo it's not suiting I think it's various other players and as I said before a lot of players just don't seem to know where they should be or what they should be doing mm. and you've got to put that down to the coaching and maybe if you want to play pressing you've got to be brave enough and and not have Ronaldo start and have him on the bench as an impact substitute if if he's not gonna you know if he's not gonna work for that style of play but he's certainly scoring the goals when he's getting the chances especially in the Champions League uh, mm. uh, if we didn't have Ronaldo we we would have been out of the Champions League by now that's without a shadow of a doubt so you you know so that's the other side of the argument. You can say always oh, not fitting in, and it's not that, and it's not this. But you take him out of that team, and we're probably in a lot more trouble than we are now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of it's a weird it's a weird situation because I mean, like I mean, I think if Cavani was fit, I think it, it could be a bit of a different conversation. But he has been he's had a lot of problems this season. Um, you know, I mean, when I think when Greenwood has been, when Greenwood has had his moments up top, and I think Pogba, I I, I don't know, but I, I really I really like Pogba on the left. Um, I I think he's I think whenever he played there, he's played really well. I don't know why he doesn't play there as much now. Is is there a reason why you think he he doesn't? I don't know whether Ali fancies him in a different position, or he's or he he doesn't want to play on the left, perhaps some players, even though they might be good. A particular position still don't really want to mm. play there, so I don't know. Perhaps Ali's just—he's perhaps he's got sort of England manager syndrome, and he's struggling to fit the players in. He's trying to fit, you know, the best players on the pitch and just shoving them in any and sh- shoving them in any hole just to get them out there. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, Sometimes I, you get more out of players by playing the best players in the best position rather than necessarily your absolute best players, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I I, I do kind of know what you mean with that. Because, I mean, I mean, who, who are your options on the left? I mean, you have Rashford, like Pogba. I mean, uh, he could play there, but I guess if, if you have someone like Ronaldo, who he's not going to move from the striker position. And, I mean, we saw what happens when Oli kind of decided not to play and the whole country kind of went a bit mad. Yeah, it's 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 weird. People say, oh, Ronaldo's a problem. Perhaps they shouldn't have brought him in. And then when he's dropped, everyone's up in arms. You can't, <laughs> you can't seem to flip him. When, can you? No, I mean, isn't, isn't, I, I don't think it is his fault, but I do think it is. I think it's a good problem to have because I think it can be solved. I think you just mm. need to kind of, you need someone well, it's who's... A, it's a coach. It's the coach's job to to make it work, isn't it? It's, that's mm. what they're paid to do. You know, they're paid to come up with the tactics, the formation, by make sure that the players are in the best positions, and get you know to get the best out of 
the players and the team. And he, just for some reason, he hasn't been able to do that this season. It's all sort of fell apart at the seams. And as the pressure's built, he seems to have unraveled more and more, even if it hasn't really come across in his press, press conferences. It's certainly come across uh, when you've seen the team on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that, I think that is true. I think I, I don't know what what happened if it is anything in particular, but it has kind of fallen apart. But I mean, Ronaldo is is four goals this season, um, which I mean, for the amount of go, go, like games he's played, and it's not it's not a poor. Uh, what is that? Is that overall or just in the league? He's got more than four that, goals. That's I was going to say he's got more. He's got more than yeah. that. <laughs> but um. But, you know, I mean, if you come up against someone like Chelsea, who's a whole system, every single player is kind of working together. If you have someone who doesn't, it's kind of 11 versus 10. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what happens with it. And um, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting with us as well, because I don't know how Aubameyang is going to kind of keep up with it as well, because um, he, he, he's, he's definitely trying kind of be more of a player outside of possession now which was never really his strength at all um but he's not quite there either although he has the same amount of goals as um Ronaldo he, he's not he's not quite firing even today no he just a uh, very sort of good chance today didn't he bless him yeah. but yeah I'm uh, talking about I think we've talked enough on United now um We'll move on to Arsenal. They had a good, although you got hammered by Liverpool the other week, you had a good win today, bounced back well. Um, it does seem to be, although we're saying you look a bit more organised and structured, it does seem to be the same Arsenal that you're good against everyone sort of below you, but then the top four or five teams, you just kind of have that feeling you're going to get beaten and beaten quite soundly, don't you? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one because I mean, well, because I mean, I think the problem with the last team is we weren't really beating the top teams, but we also were struggling a lot more against the teams below the top four as well. Um, it's is a very, I mean, look, if we can't beat, you know, City, United, no, or City, um, Chelsea, and Liverpool, like I can accept that if we have a chance at least to get to the other teams, because you'd hope, you know, that's only, God, what, eighteen points lost. Mm. season which isn't a bad that's not too bad in terms of overall um yeah i mean obviously i i, I don't want to lose four nil against liverpool um <laughs> but what do you think went wrong there because yeah you know you were on a decent run and you know mm. you got you got beaten very convincingly by a football team that uh yeah been having ups and downs this season as we said all right the three nil up at Southampton as we speak, but <laughs> they did they did lose to West Ham, didn't they? To was it two one? Or did yeah. they draw I, th- I think it might be it might have even been two 0 actually. I could be wrong. I'm searching that up now. Um it was three three two to West Ham. Three two. That was yeah. it. I, I knew I knew it was reasonably yeah. close. But West Ham deserved team. but West Ham deserved that win. They did, yeah. I mean, West Ham have been fantastic. I think, I think we should definitely talk about them a little bit later. Um, I mean, things for 30 minutes against Liverpool, we actually did really quite well. We kind of nullified them really, not easily, but we nullified, nullified them well. Um, and they kind of have, had a little bit of a touch on, like a spat on the touchline, which kind of reignited Liverpool a little bit. Um, but yeah, and then they kind of 
they stepped up another gear, which we you know Liverpool can do. And yeah, they they, they just kind of they just beat us. <laughs> um, which is a bit sad. I, I was kind of hoping it would. I, I didn't think we'll win, but I hoped it would give a bit more of a performance. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I I, I wasn't expecting you to to win, but I was expecting a bit of a closer contest than four 0 But they do have this sort of mad. Um, intensity there to their game for a good 20 minutes or so don't they normally either side of um, mm. kickoff and half time where they just seem to come at you at this mad pace all guns blazing so to speak and then they'll sort of obviously you can't keep that temp up for a whole game so they will sort of settle down and sometimes that is where they get caught caught out a little bit but uh, yeah obviously you couldn't make yeah, much of a I, dent there unfortunately for you guys I mean, it, it's the thing with Liverpool. I mean, like, when they, um, you know, when they're not on fire, they always have that back four, and particularly those centre-backs who are really, really well-drilled and they're absolutely fantastic. So even if they're not firing up top, at least they have someone behind who can kind of... You'd, you'd like to think that they can kind of stop any goals going in. Um, but obviously, when they're on fire, and particularly when they get a goal, their momentum kind of just keeps barreling and barreling on. Um so, yeah, I mean, it is a bit of a shame for us. And I think, um, I mean, it, it was a bit sad to see Tavares make a mistake, which I think led to, I think, Diego Jota's goal. Um, but, I mean, he, he, he played pretty well today. Um, and so uh, hopefully that mistake hasn't really affected him, which I think is, you know, that, 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 that would be a really sad thing. But, I mean, you know, I mean, they're, they're also, I think, what, they're four years into their reign with Jurgen Klopp right now. And it's pretty much been the same team. No, it might it might even be longer than that, you know. Yeah, um, it might be more like six or seven, you know. Maybe I mean you know I mean that's that's at least four or five years with that system, and I mean we've seen them for the last two years. They've kind of they've excelled in that system and they've been absolutely fantastic. Um, almost everyone in every position they kind of know what they're doing. Yeah, just um, just to think in the early days, a lot of people when they when they were still struggling under clock where he's like building the team in his image, a lot of Liverpool fans wanted him out at one point as well. Yeah, and uh, and now look at him. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, that, that's, that just shows how quickly football can kind of turn. I mean, you, you know, we're seeing it with Tuchel. And I think, I hope that we'll kind of see it in, to a certain extent with Arsenal, whether it's with Arteta or not. Mm. You know, this is a very young team and they can kind of, they are slowly kind of getting into a system and, you know, some players are starting to shine. I Wait, just, you, sorry, sorry. Was I say, what do you think about this talk about um, Arsene Wenger coming back in in some capacity? You know what, I think it'd be... I think it'd be. It. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of capacity he would actually come back in. Because um, a lot of people sort of think Fergie sticks his nose in the United's business a bit too much, as whatever he is, like a non-executive director or or, or whatever his role is nowadays. Um, do you worry that that might be the case with Wenger, that he starts interfering a bit too much and upsetting the balance of things? Ah, uh, it's weird. I mean. I mean, I think the structural, I think our structure is very different to yours. Um, it, it is a bit of a strange one. I mean, I mean, no, they both they both seem a mess with owners nobody likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if if I mean if Arsene, if Arsene came in like once every few weeks to kind of do like some attacking drills or kind of work on some like attacking you know systems with Arteta, that kind of 
fit with him, I think that could work pretty good. I mean, uh, as far as I'm aware, like um, Alex, he, you know, Ferguson, he doesn't really have much of a playing role, does he? No, I, I think he's only there. As, uh, I think he only offers ad- offers advice when it, you know when it's when it's asked when it's sort of asked for, especially mm. when it comes to you know came to Wilde, but you know what the media are like. They like to sort of sensationalise everything, don't they? For clicks and and what have you. Yeah. I mean I, I think I think part of the reason why I think our clubs um, you know we have been going in different directions. I think there has been a bit more of a you know everyone kind of knows that it's Arteta and Edu, you know, who are kind of, you know, for better or worse, they're kind of leading the club. Whereas, you know, with Man United, I mean I think what Mike Williams, he's got a bit of like an advisory role. You know, Woodward, we still kind of, I mean, he's staying on for a little bit, but I, I think there's been talks of him having a role afterwards as well. There seems to be a lot of, there seems to be a lot of cooks kind of going on in that department. Hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, I think there will be probably with Arsenal a little bit as well. I and mean, there's danger that if Wenger does come in, but uh, I mean, I think it, I think it would be good for the players. I think they'll be happy to see him, particularly I mean, if he's been away for so long. Yeah, do you think it helps a little bit that the decline sort of ha- happened under Wenger's watch as well? Um, not like a massive decline, but the fact that you weren't challenging for the Premier League anymore. I mean, mm. we just lost. We just, you know, we just finished the season as Premier League champions when Fergie left, and then we sort of just fell off this cliff. Where it's almost been a little bit more gradual with you. With you. So there's a little bit more of acceptance that you're not always going to be winning trophies every season at Arsenal, where mm. for Man United, every season we don't finish with a trophy is still really seen as really huge news by the by the tabloids and, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, a lot of people are happy to see him go. And I think I, I was actually one of those people, which is probably a bit sad in hindsight. Wenger Veng, um, is this now. Wenger, yeah, this is Wenger, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people were quite happy to see him go. Um, I, I don't think it was really the break he kind of wanted. Um, I mean, it was kind of forced upon him rather than it being his choice. Yeah, it um, was kind of strange how it fell apart with Emery as well because we've seen that he is a good manager, but for some reason he couldn't make it work at Arsenal, could he? No, I mean, and I, I mean, Emery's a very weird. Yeah, I I don't know if that was the right choice, but then again, if it wasn't him, it would have been Arteta even earlier on in in his career. I don't know. I'm not sure he would have been ready because there were questions of whether he was ready um, when he yeah. when he because all his only experience has been really as Pep's number two. I mean, I mean that's not a bad learning tree, but it's not huge experience, is it? But he seems to, you know, he, he sort of came at the same time, didn't they? Are they? Um, mm. Lampard and Arteta, and there's always a bit of a you know the rivalry between the fan base is who's got the better or worse manager, and Arteta seems to have um, outlasted the other two. He seems to have a bit of a more solid foundation, which kind of surprised me to be honest. I mean, I, I thought Lampard he did a very good job at, at Derby, and I mean I, I was quite skeptical about, about Oli coming in. Because um, I think he'd only been at Mould before Molde. Um, I, don't I think, right. yeah, I think unfortunately it's well, <laughs> it was perhaps too soon for uh, for Lampard. You know, a club of you know, a club of that ilk and stature. Uh, I'd have liked to have thought 
a club legend might have got a bit more time, but then you sort of see. But but then you you, you sort of see the diff. As I said before, you sort of see the difference to Cal made in such such a short period of time that it does look like the right decision. Mm, yeah, I, I I feel like Charles. I, I kind of feel like um, Arteta. He's not an Arsene Wenger, but he's a bit more of a, a George Graham. Mm. Like he's he's kind of settled the defence. He, he he's brought in some really really good players. I mean, there's been some misses, but I mean, I, I think this transfer window has probably been one of our best in quite a few years. I think every single player has actually done quite well. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look like you were going to get Ozegard, but um, I think Murder had made it clear he wasn't going to get a lot of first-team action. So mm. um, he sort of changed his mind and 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 signed permanently with you. Well, that was a good deal. And then you've had the emergence of, uh, and well, I know he played quite well last season, but the emergence of Smith Rowe has been excellent this season. Mm. He's really been impressive. And I think another good signing, which I, I, I don't know how you felt when it was announced, but I was sceptical, is uh, Ramsdale, and, and he's been excellent. Yeah, well, I was talking to my friend about this today, because no one, thought, I don't think anyone thought that was a good idea. Um, I mean, I, I wanted to give it a chance, but even even me, who's the most positive Arsenal fan in the world, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> Yeah, I I wasn't sure. I thought maybe it'd be decent um, backup for um, oh, Leno, but um, he's no, he's completely absurd. Him as uh, number one at the moment, hasn't he? I think he's and I mean, um, rightly so. I think he's probably been maybe the second best goalkeeper this season. I think behind Mendy. I think in terms of goals prevented, which is kind of. I mean, I I never thought he was particularly bad. But I never thought he was particularly good at either Bournemouth or like you know Sheffield. Hmm. And I definitely didn't think he'd be this good of a passer. But I mean, I think he, I think he's in the running for the starting spot for next World Cup. Definitely, uh, he he made that really good save that even Peter Schmeichel lauded, didn't he, against Leicester? Hmm. You know, when Peter Schmeichel's giving you props, you're doing something right. He had another clean he had another clean sheet today. Yeah, and he made a very good save today as well. Mm. Yeah, he's... um, And I mean, it's weird because, I mean, I think a lot of the transfers this summer, I think people are kind of deriding. I mean, Ben White, I think, is someone who's... He had a bit of a rough start, but I think he's slowly kind of coming to... Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the actual... Player, it's more the fee you had to pay for him that was that was causing the criticism more than anything. I don't yeah. think anyone doubts Ben White's a good talent and a, a you know a good prospect, but I think mean, it's because he had to pay fifty million for su- such a young unproven player at that level. A lot of a lot of eyebrows were raised, but that just seems to be the you know for English players that seems to be the the standard amount. I mean, we had to pay similar money for Aaron Wambeska or Harry Maguire cost eighty mm. million. Uh, you know, when you if when you're buying at home, that that does seem to be the sort of price of you know the sort of price range you're looking at, rightly or or wrongly. Yeah, I think I think also next to Varane, I think it looked kind of worse, even though I think they're very different kind of deals. You know, I mean Varane. Yeah. Everyone knows Varane's world class, but he's also he's not an investment. You know, he he's a ready-made world class player. Mm. But you know, well, he was also 
He was also at the end of his contract and he wanted to leave, so Real Madrid had, had no choice but uh, but to take that sort of offer for him in the end, or he would have just gone for free. You know, he made it quite clear he would go for free. You, you know, he wouldn't resign. So, um, um, so, so if you know, if if we'd have gone in for him and he still had two or three years on his contract, it would have been a lot. He would have cost a lot more money, I would have imagined. Yeah, I still think I still think he's 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 been a good signing for you. I mean, he hasn't played much, but whenever he has, yeah, it's hard to judge because he's he's been unlucky of injuries. But yeah, he has looked solid, and our defense has looked at its best when he's been been in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I mean, really, you just seem one CDM away from kind of being, you know, I think maybe even Champions League winners or Premier League winners. Like, you, you have a really, really good team on paper, provided Pogba. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think that's why it was so astonishing that we're, we're play, we've been playing even worse this season under Roddy because he got the players he, he wanted, finally. Good Sancho and, and Varane. We got the addition of Ronaldo, whether that's will be proven to be a good signing or not. The end of the season. Um, I still think you know if he's available, one of the best players of all time. You you have to you have to bring him in. You yeah. just got to work out. You know, it's up to the coach to work out how to utilize him, and maybe Ralph Ragnick will will be able to do that. I think I think the one thing I would say about Man United, which I think you kind of need, I think you need a bit more of a plan because it is a bit worrying. You see, I mean, you've been chasing. Sancho for two years and you seem to kind of have no I mean like we kind of assumed like right wing but you see like there doesn't really seem to be much of a plan for him like in terms of bedding well, I think I think that's where and then that's where I would agree Ronaldo has upset things because uh, he obviously wanted him so he must have had a clear plan of where he wanted him to play and how, how he wanted the team to look and you know no one expected would ever have a chance of re-signing Ronaldo, and then that came to be, and maybe it has sort of scuppered his plans for, you know, he's had to rethink how he wanted the team to play, and maybe that's what's caught him out a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, I mean, it literally, I think what you decided maybe in a day, they're like, oh, we should get Ronaldo, so I'm going from going to, going to City. Like, I think, although he's, he's you know, he's, Arsenal would never say no to Ronaldo either, but like you need to have some kind of plan for him, especially if you have someone who you're kind of grooming for the centre forward spot, like Greenwood, which I think you kind of were, although he's also playing well on the right. But if, if we hadn't have got him, he'd gone to City and he'd scored, say, between five and ten goals, and City was sitting top of the Premier League and we were where we are now, everyone would have been saying, well, they shouldn't have let Ronaldo go to City, Man United should have tried harder to sign him. So we'd be, get, yeah. we'd be getting as much criticism for not bringing him in as if we as we have for all bringing him in. So we can never win at United because no. with that, <laughs> we're, when you, we're such a big, even though we haven't won the Premier League trophy in years, we're still the biggest name in football, whether people like it or not, and we're still news. So, any excuse to sort of talk about us, whether it's good, preferably bad, as far as the media concerned, I think <laughs> you know they'll dredge whatever they can up. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely some kind of truth to that. 
But I mean, I, I, I do think if you didn't go for Ronaldo, I mean, even if you did go to City, like, and maybe you got like Basuma or like a really world class CDM, I think you maybe would be in a better place. And just, I don't know if, I mean, we talk about pressing. I don't, I don't think anyone presses as much as as much as Man City did. So I think, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure he would. I'm not sure he would have worked. And I keep hearing different things. I keep hearing Ronaldo turned them there to come to us, but then other people say that City were actually never really that interested. They were just talking <laughs> to his agent. But then others, other reporters come out and say, "Oh no, the deal was almost signed." So I don't. I don't know what's true and what's false. Um, and how close he was to signing with Manchester City, or, or not, to be honest. Yeah. And apparently, City didn't. Want, some say City didn't want to pay a transfer fee, but it was only like what was it? A couple of million? That's peanuts, especially to a team like City. So I don't, I don't necessarily buy that personally. I mean, I think, I think it is also, I think it is also the wages as well. And yeah, I, yeah, it is a. But that's what you have to pay for someone like Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. definitely proved, for me, maybe not in the Premier League, but definitely in the Champions League, he's definitely proved his worth. Because as I say, there's there's no way we would have qualified for the last 16 without him. You know, no no way at all. And yeah. it's hard to know if we'd have played better with it, without him or not. I mean, yes, we had a good start against Leeds, but Leeds are one of those teams that seem to play to our strengths, if that makes sense. Yeah, Oli seems to know how to play against mm. very well. But what I will say, and I mean, I mean, again, I, I just to clarify, I, I don't think Nado's a shit player at all. He's a fantastic No, no, player. I know, I know, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, but I mean... You know, I mean, Pogba hasn't been as good as since he came in. Fernandez, I, I, I don't really know what's happened to him, but he hasn't been as good. I mean, Greenwood has kind of sparked brightly at points, but nobody's nobody's played. I, I think they kind of, I think it's like lost the sort of dressing room kind of playing from a lot of players by the looks of yeah. it. I think, and I think they've lost, they lost belief. I think they lost belief in Ali. Um, a fair few games ago. That's why I said earlier in the podcast that perhaps he should have gone after the Liverpool game. Yeah. I think I think because Spurs were also in the same situation where they weren't playing for their manager. They, you know, they sort of capitulated and not, not I say let us beat them, but they made it very easy for us, and that gave Ali a you know a stay of execution. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, I think it does come down to him because I mean. I think a lot of it does go through Ronaldo for tax, but then again, like if you if you tell the team to vary it up a bit, I you know I don't think Ronaldo would particularly complain, and I think mm. you know whether it's Pogba from the left or Sancho from the left or well, right, I mean the talent you have. We'll know for sure. We'll know for sure after Ralph Ragnick's had a a good run of games. Yeah. You know, between you know eight or ten games and uh, and see how United play once he's been able to get his ideas and stuff across and and, and we'll know for sure if what what the problem you know we'll, we'll soon know what the problem was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think I think a podcast after the next week's you know kind of a bit of like a first reaction to Raglick. You know, I mean, it's also against my team as well, so I think that can mm. be quite um interesting. But um, we'll, we'll kind of we'll go on to fantasy football in a second and I'll leave this. But I think, uh, do you have any, um, is there anyone who surprised you? Because I think 
I was kind of talking to you before this, I think Wolves and West Ham have kind of been a huge surprise to me. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, especially West Ham. I mean, I know they was already looking quite good last season under Moyes. But uh, again, um, they did lose. I was quite surprised they lost um, last week, to be honest. But um, mm. they have they have looked really good. Um, Moyes seems to have, have found his sort of comfort zone now with West Ham. Because they had a period before with them, didn't he, when he tried to keep them up. But I think they were already in that much trouble. There wasn't a lot he could do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now everything... I mean, you know, they don't even have Lingard, who kind of... It seemed like he was firing them on. But, mm. I mean, they, they seem to be doing... You know, I mean, you know, they, they, they beat Liverpool. Like, what a team this is kind of turning out to be. You know, I, I think I kind of... I don't know about you, but I kind of thought it'd be kind of a bit of a one and done. To be honest. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there were signs last week that maybe they're running out of steam a little bit because when it's small, when it's you know you're relying on a smallish squad, it sometimes happens that they they kind of fall off. You do see it. With, you do see it sometimes with teams, especially newly promoted teams. You'll see them race up the league, the top of the league, and then as soon as they get found out, they they start tumbling <laughs> back down again, don't they? So um, we'll just have to see. Oh, another thing I, wa- I wanted just to briefly get on is Stephen Gerrard moving to Aston Villa. Yeah. What um, They won last week. They're, they're in the lead against Crystal Palace now. Um, what 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 did you what do you think of his decision to jump to the Premier League? I know it's still early days, <laughs> but it's it's not looking like a bad one at the moment. But we know in football things can quickly go wrong. Absolutely. Um, I I I was surprised he moved. To be honest, I I thought he would have um stayed at Rangers and then gone waited until um until club went and went and gone to Liverpool. But um, I think it's been a good move for him. I mean, you know, Crystal Palace, I mean, they've been very good this season as well. Um, I, uh, it's weird because, I mean, Aston Villa, they were kind of struggling under Smith. And I think they actually should probably should have given Smith a bit more time, to be honest. Because um, I think every team's going to struggle after losing someone like Grealish. Um, mm. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I haven't really kept up with them a lot. I think, I think it's kind of like you say, I wonder how they're going to, I wonder if they will get found out with Gerard. Um, but I mean, you know, like you said, he said, he, he's winning two on the bounce as, as we speak. Um, if they can kind of keep him, it going, he won the league. You know, I know, I know, there's a lot of banter about the Scottish league, being yeah. <laughs> a farms league, and easy to win. But you know, he broke that. He broke that Celtic death grip on the title for the first time in many many years didn't he so mm. he's obviously doing you know obviously doing something right yeah absolutely and um i mean it, it was, I, I was surprised to see him leave i mean they seem to have you know i think it's good probably for him to get broncos then well, i don't know how you say his name but i actually like saying his name van brafi is van broncohurst Van Bronckhurst. It's just fun to say. He, he sounds mm. like a like a he sounds like a like a Christmas cracker. So, so sounds like a, a bad chest illness, to be honest. <laughs> that too, yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I quite like him as a manager. I mean, you know, it's not easy to kind of destroy that kind of reign of dominance that Celtic had, like you said. Um, I, I hope it goes well for him. Um, I, it's, ah. it's gonna be interesting. 
I definitely think if it goes... If it goes well for him, I definitely see him being the next Liverpool manager after Klopp. If if he carries on on his current trajectory, if it if it you know goes the way of Lampard, then he could find himself wanting. But he's still young. He's he's only around my age. <laughs> so, <laughs> but in terms of but uh, in terms of being a manager, he is still relatively young. So he has got time to fail and build himself back up again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's got a bit more of experience now. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you know, Aston Villa, I think they've spent, I think they've probably spent probably second most behind us. You know, they bought a lot of players in and a lot of, I think a lot of on paper, very smart signings, but like they haven't, they weren't able to gel together. So I think it's going to be a real test for him trying to get that team to kind of gel mm. together. But but you also know players like um, well ex players like um, Gerard they they're going into management because of their love for the game. They, it's not like players from back in the day. They they mm. don't need the money. They, you know they're you know he's a multi millionaire. Gerard he's earned fortunes. He, you know he doesn't need to work if he doesn't want to. So you know uh, he, he's doing it because he he wants to do it and he loves and he loves football. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I mean, it's been impressive to see how, how well he's actually done. Because, I mean, a lot of these, you know, really talented and great players like Gerard, you know, they go into management and they think it'd be easy, but not everyone's as talented as, as you. I think we've kind of seen it with someone like Thierry Henry. Like, very few players are as good as Thierry Henry. And I think I think his kind of management style has kind of struggled because of that. Yeah, the best, the best. Um, footballers don't always make the best coaches and you know Mourinho look at Jose Mourinho he was never I don't, I don't know if he was ever a professional player but he's certainly never a great he was certainly never a great player was he but he's yeah. a very very good manager and you get a lot of coaches in sports like tennis you know a lot a lot of coaches have failed professional players or professional players that never really broke into the top 100 but you know for some reason their skill set makes them really great at coaching top players and yet mm. top players don't always necessarily for whatever reason make good coaches yeah and in fact I think I'd be really good I think I'd be really interesting pod at some point because I think I think Mourinho I think he was a very kind of middling goalkeeper in the Portuguese league you know I mean in terms of it as a player I think even someone like Nuno Probably actually had greatest greatest success as a player, although that was under under Mourinho. Because I think he sort of his manager's career sort of started off as being an interpreter for Bobby Robson at Barcelona or something something like that. I heard. I think I might have actually been um, Louis Van Gaal, or maybe he's just assistant under under Louis Van Gaal. Mm. But he was def- he definitely at Barcelona at some point. Yeah, he definitely had quite humble beginnings as to his journey of being one of the greatest managers of all time. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's not like, um, you know, I mean, Pep had a pretty, you know, he had a pretty great playing career, um, even if he wasn't one of the greatest of all time. Um, and he's kind of one of his rare, rare players who's kind of done done both. Um, but I, I guess with that, um, speaking of great managers, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, um, uh, how, how is your management career going, my friend? It, well, it has been on a little bit of an upturn of late. I was sort of struggling a little bit, but I showed you the other week that um, 
I've managed to turn it around and I've got some green arrows. I'm, I'm certainly not one of the, the best of some some of these managers. They seem to manage to get 100 plus points every every week and always seem to know what player to captain. Mm. I mean, there could be a player that hasn't done anything for weeks and then bangs in a hat trick and lo and behold, all these top analyst people in these FPL seem to have him as captain all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually looking because I, I, I assume we're both on the Brogue Opinions um, yes. team. I can't see. I, I, I'm very, I'm, I'm very happy to be above Reese, which makes me very, very happy. Um, I'm, I'm near the top of that. Way. I'm near the top one. I'm, I'm oh. in Champions League yeah, position. Oh God! I was down in twentieth at one point. That's what I mean. I'd had some really <laughs> piss poor. I think one 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 game week I managed to only score about twenty eight or something. But a few good weeks has um, bumped me right right up at the moment. Yeah, Jesus, man, that's, I, I never knew you were that um, high up. Well, fair play to you. I mean, I nearly, I nearly won the first year we did it, but uh, I was top for. Oh, weeks and weeks, and then there was after. Then there was a lockdown scenario. Uh, we came back after lockdown. City had two games, so I thought I'd try and consolidate my top spot by bunging a load of City players. But <laughs> they only played one game. They only played the one. They only played the one game, which they didn't get me any points. And then I was stuck with all these players that Pep kept rotoring rotoring out every time there's a Champions League game so <laughs> I, I, I fell away and I think I finished third in the end behind Anthony and um, one of um, uh, Rahul's friends. That's a pretty good record though. Um, I, I actually want to call out um, Rhys Saunders because he stole my name um, that he used last season for this season. Um, so j- just to create some more um, conflict between me and him because I think it's kind of our dynamic. <laughs> so uh, Rhys my buddy, I'm I'm calling you out. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I have to be honest, I'm pretty terrible at um, fancy football. Um, and Delph and safety, although it's not relegation um, fodder, like we're not doing. I, we're we're very averagely mid table. Well, this week I'm actually doing really really quite well, which kind of surprised me. Did you make any changes um, for your game week this week? I think I did. I can't remember. I think I subbed out. I think I, think I got rid of Rafinha. No, I, I, I kept Rafinha. Who did I change? Oh, I had Ronaldo last week and I, and I, I changed him out for... I, don't, I can't remember. I, I, think, I, think I, I think I subbed him out for Antonio. Um, which probably... I don't know. If he scores a hat-trick tomorrow, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be pretty raging, to be honest. Oh uh, yeah, I, I can't see. I made I made a I made three changes this week, but it only cost me minus four because I didn't make any subs the week before. So I had two <laughs> I had two free ones. I, so, I keep forgetting that you you you, did, you you made like seven transfers a week. <laughs> so uh, I I switched my goalkeeper to Ramsdale, which has paid off because he kept a clean sheet. Mm. Uh, I put Alexander Arnold in, but so, I had to. Take um, is it Benarama from um, West Ham? I had to take him out, and I put Douglas Louise in. And although he's just got sent off the of Villa, he is only a substitute. Uh, I doubt oh, he'll. I oh, doubt he'll play. Yeah, just now, but it, it was cheap. Yeah, I had to get someone cheap 
and he was mm. one of the few that looked like he would play, but he's only a, he's only on my subs bench anyway. Jota, I've got Jota in there. He's scored a couple today. Salah's got an assist. Mm. Alexander-Arnold has got an assist and hopefully a clean sheet. So that should, so that looks like it should pay off. We actually have very similar teams, I just realised. I've got Tony, who they play Everton, so he's got a good chance of scoring. Antonio and Ronaldo, yeah, probably not so much, but <laughs> I can't, you know, I'm not prepared to take any more than the minus four, so um, I'm keeping them in. You never know, they might they might steal a goal, you just don't know. And I've also yeah. got Reese James, who's been in incredible form, so I'll put shot. it past we we'll put it past him to score against us. And I've also got Mason Mount. But I'm on 44 points already with quite a few players still to play. With quite a few players still to play. So, I'm not, again, I'm not looking to too bad. How, how many have you got to play out of interest? Um, oh, let me just put my team up again. I just So, um, so James, one, Mount, two. Um, I have seven to play. Tony... That's, sorry, where are we? I'm looking at the wrong screen. Here, I'm getting myself confused. So one, two, three, four. I've got five. I've got five to pay. Oh, okay. All right. I, I feel. And also, and also, that's with tyranny not playing. So that's a bit of a. Oh. I'm gonna have to switch him out next week. But again, I couldn't. And what I. You can't. You can't risk it. I couldn't take every. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I couldn't take everybody out. So I, yeah. I left him in on the off chance that he was fit and he might get in the squad. And I'll probably, I, I'll probably swap him and he'll be, he'll be back in next week. And the person I bring him in for won't play. Now in my luck. It's funny because um, I have an Arsenal player in like a defender, and he's like I, I put Tommy Asu in who has been watching him. Although he's been good at defence, he's one of the least creative players I think I've ever seen play for Arsenal. Um, but somehow he got an assist today, so he got nine points, which I'm really happy about. Oh, that's really good. It's like, it's like um, I don't know, I have to say his name, from Norwich, Obenham Delhi. Um, oh yeah, he's just a substitute, but he he managed to score. He managed to score a goal, and he I think he got some like ten points. And because tyranny hasn't been playing, he he was automatically put in my team. So I got I got ten points out of him that I wasn't expecting. So you just know ne- you just never know sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a weird thing with this. Um, it's a weird thing with fantasy football. You you really do never know. Um, yes. Um, I mean, I mean, some people really go quite hard of it, um, which maybe I should. Um, but maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> it's all it's all it's, it's it's amazing it's all a bit we tell ourselves it's all a bit of fun but it's nothing more frustrating when you you take a player out so you take like you, you've taken Ronaldo out and he bangs in a he bangs in a couple of goals you, you'll be fuming with your you fume don't you it's nothing worse oh, or you put a or you put a player in like say you put Cancelo in the sake of argument, and Pep decides to drop him because you've got because you've got Champions League. Then in a few days' time, there's nothing more frustrating than when that happens. That's why I do try and stay away from City players because you know is they call it Pep Roulette. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah I, I I love it, but it's so frustrating sometimes. <laughs> but you know it, it is what it is, and hopefully um. I, my, my aim, and uh, I'm foolish for saying this now because I, 
So now I didn't realize how good you were. But before this, my aim was to kind of do better than you this season in fantasy football. I didn't realize you're 100 points ahead of me. <laughs> so how many it is? It is more. <laughs> uh, it is more. It is more luck than judgment, to be honest. But I do, I do sort of look at the stats. I do look at the who the who the, the the sort of top players have in their teams as well to give me an idea of perhaps who I should be bringing in. So I do, I do sort of kind of obsess and analyse it a fair bit. <laughs> I, I think that can be quite fun though, to be honest. Um, so I, actually, I, so I, I, I want to involve you, involve you in this. Whilst we've been talking, I've been making some subs, um, and I want to find. Um, you should never, you should never make subs this early. Yeah, but I, I want. That's to another thing. I, you, I, I, you know, you never know. It's it. It is a catch twenty two because they do put the they do put prices up. So one minute you can afford a player, and then you go back in and put him in when he's confirmed he'll be fit, and he's he's gone up by point two of a. A, a pound in the in the game and you can't afford to you've got to make six substitutions to fit him in all of a sudden or something so <laughs> but, but then if you put him in too soon you you miss a before the press conference you realize he's out and then you've wasted your your transfer because he's he's not going to play so it, it yeah there is a lot but, of luck involved in in getting that in getting that side of things right yeah i mean things like Andre Gray just got. I think he got badly injured fairly recently. So I'm kind of like, I need to swap someone out. Um, but it, it's really hard to know who's best. I, I mean, I have seven point. I have seven point eight to use. So I could. I could get Saka. Um, but he's kind of his and miss. Um, I might get. I might get either Bowen or Gallagher. So these. So so game week. So it's the uh, the next transfer deadline is the third Tuesday, the thirtieth of. Uh, November, by the looks, at six o'clock. Mm. So I think that's uh, I think that's two hours before kickoff or something before the first kickoff. I think so. I always try and wait till the press conferences and leave it as late as possible, just in case somebody's back that you might not have realised they were back, or somebody's out that you might not have realised. There's nothing worse than that. There's nothing worse than the dreaded yellow um, <laughs> bar with yeah. seventy-five. 75% chance of playing because yeah. at least when it's red you know they're definitely out but the yellow it's ooh, do I do I risk it because we might play <laughs> oh man yeah it's, it's it's a weird one oh Jesus so now now I'm overthinking it <laughs> oh god also, you do that, that is dangerous it's to non-FPL fans it, it, it must sound silly but <laughs> You can't help it, can you? You go to bed at night thinking, should I, should I have made that transfer? <laughs> but also because the teams, like, my in terms of my team and their fixtures next week, like, in theory, they should be pretty good. Like, you know, Chelsea are playing Watford and, you know, it's Chelsea. Mm. Brentford are playing Tottenham. So that's the Man United, isn't it? You don't, you just yeah. don't know who's going to come out. That's got, that's got nil nil written all over it, hasn't it? Yes, I think I might. Even though that, even though that went badly last time, I said that. <laughs> I said, I said to Liam, we were watching, we were texting each other while watching the Arsenal Newcastle game, and I said, this has got nil nil all over it, and I think literally five minutes later, Saka scored, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I mean, I, I was very happy. But <laughs> it's one of those moments you're like, oh, you just had to open your mouth, didn't you? 
<laughs> but it was good for you because because it was it was looking that way, wasn't it? He had a few chances and it didn't seem to be happening and we got the breakthrough in the end thanks to my commentator's curse. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we we were yeah we we were we weren't looking very good, but we finally got we finally got. Well, yes, was it? I wouldn't say you weren't looking very good. You were de- you were completely dominating the game mostly, yeah. but weren't quite it's finding a way. F- weren't finding a way through somehow, but it happens. But how many times do you see it happen where you dominate a game? Uh, you the opposition has two chances, and they seem to score somehow score from those two two chances. Oh man, that's the worst thing when it's like the lowest expected like expected goals and we just like we just smash it in, you're like, all right, well, fuck's sake. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that is football, isn't it? It is. Um there you go. I think that wraps us up quite nicely, uh, <laughs> with this part, I think. Quite not exactly. a bad so I think that's gone reasonably well. Have you got any plugs um at all there? Uh, I mean, I mean, there's a plug for you, for you, Carl, but you, you kind of know yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we will save that for a fair, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> in terms of plugs, I, I don't think I really have it. I usually plug a charity, so um, but I'm going to do a little search for a charity, and uh, how about you do yours first? And I'll okay. Well, you, you can find me as always on uh, Podding Ain't Easy with Scott. We've wrapped up um the bad batch there's also um a review of the spider-man trailer if you fancy checking that out and um what was the other thing i was going to mention uh yeah and we're going to be going into hawkeye so look out for that in the next couple of weeks we're going to be reviewing the first two episodes of hawkeye well, I, I look forward to hearing that, even though I probably won't watch it. Mm. And um, there's also uh, also a new pod, uh, a retro Buffy Vampire Slayer review I've done with uh, Sam Carmichael. So check that out, where we review the first, well, technically the first two episodes of Buffy, but they're like a it's like a double two-parter. So if you wanna if you wanna check that out on the feed as well, that's well worth it. I've been meaning to watch Buffy, so I might actually, I might actually check that out, see if it sparks my interest. Um, so, I, so actually, for my um, plug, I'm gonna promote uh, Crisis, which is a kind of national charity for people experiencing homeless. So you can find them on Twitter at Crisis underscore UK, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be great if you can kind of help them out and do whatever you can. Yeah, that, 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 that's 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 the plug for me. Liam Ethan, that's a, a couple living in his uh, East Wing. Uh, well, I I wouldn't call them homeless. Um, well, I wouldn't say they're particularly good, look, well looked after either. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yes, Carl. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> Carl, I've had I've had a lot of fun doing. This. Yeah, yeah. I think we had a good talk, and uh, hopefully there'll be more to come. So uh, no more Birmingham accents. Oh my God, it's good. Tune, isn't it? tune in same time, same bat time, same bat channel in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, goodbye, everyone. Yeah, uh, goodbye from me. Bye. Bye.